0: We are continuing our series on the Book of Acts, and when I chose this series on Acts, I had no idea what the world was going to be like. I had no idea about a worldwide pandemic and what our community would be going through and what our congregation would be going through, and yet I am so glad that this is the book that we're looking at, that we're looking at the early church and these early Christians who are trying to figure out what it means to be followers of Jesus in a world that is all upside down. And so this is the the perfect book for us to be be reading and to be studying and to be reflecting upon in these days. In this service, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 7, and we're going to be looking at verses 51 to 53. You stiff-necked people, Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through angels, but have not obeyed it. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this passage of scripture, for this portion of Stephen's speech before his accusers. We pray that you would give us wisdom, that we would understand what this means for us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever been in a conversation where you realize that you are at the crossroads, Where you can see, you can see in your mind the next thing that you want to say. But you realize that if you say it, it's not only going to change the direction of the conversation, it may completely transform your relationship with that person. So you can see those comments there. Do you say it or don't you say it? You have to make that decision because everything is going to change in that moment. That's the kind of situation that Stephen is in. In this moment as we have looked at over the past number of weeks uh, Stephen has been preaching Jesus Uh, he's gotten in trouble with the religious leaders he's been brought forward he's been putting forth a defense of what he has been uh, preaching and teaching about uh, what God is like and how God has worked through the scriptures and really even that interpretation was enough when he had been arguing that God was bigger than the temple that God was doing something much more amazing. So he was pushing it already. But if we had any wonder about what Stephen's goals were, was, was this a man who was trying to save his life, that he was going to make a passionate plea, to cry for mercy, to uh, throw himself upon his accusers and just to to uh, beg for forgiveness and, and somehow to save his life, or... Was this a man who believed that the best defense is a good offense? Someone who was going to go on the attack, who saw this as a moment to to, uh, explain his beliefs in a way that he knew would be offensive to his hearers. Well, we know what happened based on the the way he talks here. The fact that he starts off with, you stiff-necked people. Uh, that doesn't sound like someone who is trying to get on the good side of his accusers he, at this point he has uh, no interest in trying to save his own life really if he had stopped before this probably he would have gotten off uh, with some lashes and a stern warning but where he goes in his speech here he is asking for trouble he's demanding trouble basically is, is what is taking place here And so he is putting forth these accusations. He's really turning things around. They were his accusers. Now he has become their accusers. He's accusing them of doing a number of things, uh, especially of resisting the Holy Spirit. And what what does he mean by that? Well, in the context here of what he's talking about, he has spent a lot of time going over the scriptures, uh, going over how God had worked through... um, Abraham and Moses and David and uh, he also talks about how uh, God had been speaking through the prophets and predicting the Messiah and instead of responding in obedience uh, the people he's talking to here and and he's not talking to all Jewish people he's talking to uh, specifically the people who were participating in the condemnation and the death of Jesus Uh, He's saying that not only did they not hear and listen and obey to the prophetic word, they actually turned around and crucified the Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah that had been predicted. And so they may have honored the scriptures. They may have respected the scriptures. They may have lifted it up on a pedestal, but they didn't really obey it. And through that, they were resisting the. The Holy Spirit. Now, it would be really easy, as we've seen with numerous passages in Acts, to say, oh, wow, these people, they're, they're so bad. They're they are so so stiff-necked. How could they not uh, listen to the Holy Spirit? What is the matter with them? But the truth is, as Christians, we struggle with these same things as well. Every human being uh, who has any desire for God has resisted the Holy Spirit, and I absolutely include myself in that as well. So we're going to look at a number of ways in which we resist the Holy Spirit and implicit in that is an understanding of how the Holy Spirit speaks to us because how can we resist the spirit if we are not aware of what uh, how the spirit is speaking through us. So we're going to look at a number of ways in which that happens. Now, the clearest way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us is through the scriptures. We believe that the Bible is not just the the record of some uh, people who had some religious reflections and they shared their their wisdom. Uh, It is more than that. It's that that the Holy Spirit uh, inspired these writers to record what they recorded Uh, even the things that make us uncomfortable, all of that was guided by the Holy Spirit. It's not that uh, the Spirit dictated it. It's not like uh, they were just secretaries uh, recording what their boss was telling them to write down. That's not what's going on. Uh, The Spirit is using their circumstances. He's using uh, their wisdom. He's using uh, their style, their personality, all of those things. But the Spirit has something specific to say Through the scriptures, and that's what Christians believe about the Bible. And so, when we're seeking to hear from the Holy Spirit, the best way for us to start that is to start by reading the scriptures. And how can we know what the Spirit is saying through the scriptures unless we actually pick up our Bibles and read them? It's no good for it just to sit on a shelf. We need to be reading the scriptures in in a regular way and to be listening to it. We need to learn what the scriptures are saying. So how do we obey the Bible? Well, you just pick up the Bible, you read it and you obey it. Simple as that, isn't it? Well, it's a little bit more difficult in that. I remember at a time where I was coming to the point of making a personal commitment after having been raised in the church and knowing Christian traditions Uh, I really didn't know much about the scriptures, and I'm starting to read this, and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? It just all seems so overwhelming. What what passages do you focus on? How can you live out this entire Bible? Well, I would say that there are certain uh, things that are repeated over and over again in the scriptures. There are certain passages that are highlighted as to the things where we need to start with. That's not to say that we are not interested in the rest of the Bible, or we don't pay any attention to it, or we don't learn from it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there are certain things that are are put forward to us. And for me, the turning point for me was reading where Jesus explains that the, the greatest commandments are to love God and to love our neighbor. And some people look at that and say, well, that's all fine, but I need something deeper. I need deep teaching, Well, you know what? That's as deep as it gets to love God and to love your neighbor. If you were really to get a good handle on that, to really focus on that and to uh, turn your life into a reflection of those commandments, that's a whole lifetime's worth of deep teaching. That is really, really important. So we need to focus on that. Jesus tells us to, to be loving towards God and loving towards our neighbor. We need to be wrestling with what that looks like. Uh, how is the way we're living uh, loving towards God? What are we doing to love our neighbors? Are we just saying, well, I, I guess I, I love them. I'll, I'll agree with that doctrinal statement. Or are we actually living out life for our neighbors? Another ongoing theme in both the Old and New Testaments is that of caring for the marginalized? That is found over and over and over again, and uh, many Christians, unfortunately, feel uncomfortable with that for whatever reason. Maybe it just makes them feel uncomfortable being around people who are different. Uh, maybe it just seems too complicated, uh, too uh, intimidating. Uh, some people think maybe it's uh, it's too much a part of a different agenda. But it is that is gospel agenda is to. Take care of the marginalized. And that could be any number of people who are not living the life of privilege the way we might be living. And so we need to use what we have, whether it is our money, our time, our relationships, uh, emotional capital, all of those things to do what we can to reach the marginalized, to care for them, to love them, to, to minister to them. Those are some of the things that we need to focus on. And that's what the scripture teaches us. There's much more, of course, but let's begin with that. And then let's work out from there and we can uh, live a life of uh, obedience to the scriptures. But we can ask ourselves, as we have had the Bible for all of our lives, how have we resisted the Spirit through the scriptures? Is it because we haven't been reading the scriptures? Is that how we've resisted? Have we Looked at certain passages and said, well, you know what? That seems too hard. That's too scary I don't really want to deal with that. Is that how we've resisted the Spirit? That's something we all have to ask ourselves It's a personal question for us to to deal with but we need to hear the Spirit's voice and not to resist the Spirit Another way in which the Spirit speaks to us is through the church now I want to be very careful here because I am NOT arguing for a blind obedience towards church leaders. As a pastor, I definitely do not want that. That is not right. In fact, that's the kind of uh, method that gets you a cult, okay? We don't want a cult. Uh, A cult is when there is blind obedience to a church leader or a church organization, something like that, where you're not allowed to question anything. I am not talking about that at all. Uh, The church is made up of human beings pastors and other church leaders are human beings they make mistakes and so none of them deserve blind obedience so what do i mean in terms of the holy spirit and the church well in 1 corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 paul talks about the church as the temple of the spirit and what he means by that is as christians gather together we all have the holy spirit and in a way we are similar to what the temple was where the Jews believed that God's presence was in that building. We believe that the God's presence is with us because the Holy Spirit is in each of us and as a church we are gathered together. Now in that passage where he talks about the church as the temple of the Spirit, he also gives a very very stern warning and the reason he does that is the problem that was going on in the Corinthian church was a problem of division. There was incredible division that was taking place. There were people that were following different leaders and not just appreciating those leaders, but uh, lifting up their names as their banner, saying, we're not with you, we're with this group. And they were creating all kinds of division. There was division about spiritual gifts. There was division of uh, poor and the rich. There was all kinds of division that was taking place, and Paul saw that as a threat to the temple of the Spirit. Just as much as uh, Jews of that day would have hated uh, any physical attack upon the temple, uh, Paul saw the creating of division in the church as an attack on the temple. Of the Spirit. Now, that's not saying that Paul is arguing for uh, complete uh, uniformity, that we're all to be the same. We're going to put aside our, our differences and just pretend like we're all exactly the same. That's not what Paul's arguing for. He argues for unity with diversity and not uniformity. The fact that we are different from each other is actually our strength. It's not our weakness. But we can dip, be different from each other but still have unity of purpose, that we use our different gifts, our different backgrounds, our different personalities together for the kingdom of God. And when we do that, we are are helping to build the temple of the Spirit. But we resist the Spirit when we put our own personal preferences before the needs of others, when we create division, when we gossip, when we... uh, Break down relationships with people. When we do those kind of things, we are resisting the Holy Spirit. We must not do that. We must listen to the Spirit. God also speaks through His Spirit through people. Now, I purposely said people and not Christians. Of course, God speaks through Christians, but the Holy Spirit speaks through all people, not just Christians. I've experienced that myself, where I have really felt like the Spirit was speaking to me through a person who was not active in church, uh, didn't seem to have any particular Christian beliefs, and yet I could really sense that the Spirit was speaking through that person. Now, uh, we have to be careful there that uh, we need to test this. against the scriptures, against what the church has taught, and all of those kind of things. So, if someone comes to you and says, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, yeah, you're supposed to go rob that bank, probably that's not the Holy Spirit, okay? So, we need to use some common sense here, but the Holy Spirit does speak through people. Now, again, I am not saying that if someone comes up to you and uh, self-describes as a prophet, and says, I'm a prophet of God, and therefore you must obey everything I say. And there are people today who do that, who will call themselves a prophet and will demand complete obedience. That does happen. Uh, Even in North America today, that happens. Uh, I'm not suggesting that. In fact, I always get very suspicious when someone self-describes as a prophet. We've actually just come through a a period of time where some uh, self-declared prophets uh, predicted the results of a recent election, and then we're scrambling afterwards uh, in that uh, their prediction didn't come true, and that has created a, a crisis of, uh, of faith in the, uh, in the prophets, that they've lost some credibility through that. So we want to be very careful of that. But we need to listen carefully through the words that people around us are saying. Listen for the wisdom that God has given them. What is the Spirit saying to them? We, we listen to those things. We don't just jump and do whatever they say, but we carefully reflect on those things. And if we resist that, the Spirit by ignoring what people are saying around us, then we are making a mistake. And then the final one, and this is perhaps the scariest way in which the Holy Spirit speaks, is that the Spirit speaks to each one of us uh, individually. Now, I understand that this is really hard, and the reason it's hard, and I'll tell you, I struggle with this as well, how do we know that it's the Holy Spirit and not my own uh, personal desires? Because sometimes a desire is so strong and so attractive that we think it's got to be God. How could this not be God? Because this desire is so strong. But that is uh, something that we really have to be careful with. Again, we are uh, comparing this and testing this against the scriptures, against the teaching of the church, against the, the wisdom of other uh, people in our lives to know if this is really from God. Because people do make mistakes. I, I know of a person who uh, claimed anyways that God told them to uh, to leave her husband for another man. Uh, probably that wasn't the Holy Spirit speaking to her on that. I would say that that was probably her own personal desire there so we have to be careful but at the same time we don't shut ourselves off to the way the spirit speaks i've experienced it where i believe that god has spoken to me but how do you know how do you know it is the spirit and not your own personal desires or your own personal fear that could be another way that we would make a mistake Well, I'll tell you, you don't always know in the moment. It may be that you find out later as you're going through life, you're journeying through this path, and you've had a sense that God is is, uh, speaking to you in this way, you're looking at how this fits with the scriptures, you are trying to figure out everything else, you are testing it, uh, and you're watching for further clarification You're doing all of these things. You may not realize that this is the Spirit speaking through you and to you until you are through that journey, until you've come to the place where the Spirit has been leading you. It may be a long-term process, but the Spirit does speak to us, and we should not resist the Spirit. In the passage we've looked at, Stephen has argued against his accusers, saying that they have resisted the Spirit. In their case, they had resisted the Spirit in terms of the way they had looked at the Scriptures and had responded in a way that was inappropriate. Well, we continue to resist the Spirit when we don't read the Scriptures and when we don't seek to live out the, the life that the Scriptures present to us. I'm not talking about following every single verse in the Bible because... That would be really hard for us to even know what every single verse in the Bible says. But to follow what the scriptures say in terms of who God is, who Jesus is, how we have a relationship with him, how we treat other people, those are the things that we need to follow and to be obedient to. We need to be uh, seeking to uh, uphold the unity of the church and to not resist the Spirit and what the Spirit is trying to do in the church. We need to be listening to the voices of people in our life, Christian and non-Christian. We need to be listening to that still small voice, the way the Spirit speaks to each one of us. I know that it is scary. It really is scary. But we have to do it. The Spirit is at work in our world. The Spirit is at work in our lives, and we need to be listening. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, speak to each one of us. Help us to know what you are doing. Speak to us through the scriptures. Speak to us through the church. Speak to us through our friends and family. Speak directly to us. Yes, Lord, we do fear that we are misunderstanding, that we are hearing our own voice, that we are hearing our own desires. But we ask that you would give us clarity, that we would be able to live as people led by the Holy Spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.